Hypnotic groove, but what does it prove? It's Rhyme and Reason 868. Hey there, Tony here. Here's a quote. It has a very hypnotic groove, a samba, which has a tremendous hypnotic power. Rather like good dance music. It doesn't speed up or slow down. It keeps this constant groove. Plus, the actual samba rhythm is a great one to sing on, but it's also got some other suggestions in it, an undercurrent of being primitive, because it is a primitive African, South American, Afro, whatever you call that rhythm. That's the quote, unquote. What are we talking about here? Yeah, obviously a song, but what song? There are basically countless songs to choose from that fit that description, And I would say many of them, lots of them, entice your toes to tap and your fingers to snap and your heart to chance a little dance. But this particular hypnotic groove is asking for a little sympathy. Well, you care for your fellow man, right? And if you do, you love your neighbor as yourself, right? And if you do, then it's probably easy to at least prepare to offer some sympathy to that person, right? Especially if it can help, you know, ease someone's pain and suffering, right? That's probably pretty easy for you to do. Well, yeah, fair enough. But the hypnotic groove that I'm referring to here, it isn't asking for sympathy for your neighbor or your fellow man. No, pretty far from it, actually. In fact, the lyrics request sympathy for the one who has no sympathy for you or me or any other human being. I'd say that's rather ironic, to say the least. The song, with the so-called hypnotic groove, it takes the first-person narrative perspective. And the person it represents is actually your most dangerous enemy. No, that's not your mother-in-law, okay? This is the one who wants your soul to endure eternal torment in a place so awful that mere words fail to thoroughly describe it. Yep. That sound like someone you want to show some sympathy to? I don't. But Mick Jagger and possibly Keith Richards thought there might be reason enough to show sympathy for the devil. So way back in 1968, they recorded the song with that title, Sympathy for the Devil. And actually, on a certain level, I would say that their lyrics revealed truth, at least some truth. Of course, you know, that truth is overshadowed by the songwriter's bias, but the overall concept is that Lucifer, or Satan, or the devil, was around for all the worst atrocities in history. And I'd say that's basically true. But take this verse, for example, where they wrote, I was round when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain, made damn sure that Pilate washed his hands and sealed his fate. I don't take issue with any of those lyrics except the word doubt. So some truth, you know, is peppered in there with some misinformation. And then some blame game lyrics that lack wisdom. Follow up with this. I watched with glee while your kings and queens fought for 10 decades for the gods they made. I shouted out who killed the Kennedys. Well, after all, it was you and me. Let me introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste, 
and I laid traps for troubadours who get killed before they reach Bombay. Yeah, humans are to blame for much of the evil in this world, but individually, individually they're to be blamed, not corporately. You commit your crimes and sins, and I commit mine. So somebody killed the Kennedys, but it wasn't you, and it wasn't me. At least I know it wasn't me. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who you are listening to me. Also, the devil is not a man. So he has no wealth and taste, unless you count the souls he's destroyed as wealth, and his attention to chaos, confusion, and corruption as taste. Then I guess I guess he's got some, you know, wealth and taste. But that's a stretch, I'd say. After all of my sort of negative review, I'm going to throw a curveball at you now. Okay, I actually enjoy that percussive samba beat that goes with that song, Sympathy for the Devil. I've heard it many times as I was traveling down the road, and I never bought Rolling Stones albums. I've never been a Rolling Stones fan. Some of their songs I enjoyed well enough, but I've never been a fan. And I've certainly never been a fan of mixed vocals. So even if the song wasn't peppered with bias and misinformation, it still wouldn't be hit material in my world. I mean, uh, You can clear up those lyrical problems and maybe insert Michael McDonald's voice or Kenny Loggins' voice, and you know then then you got the goods. But that's those are really really good singers. Mick Jagger is a stylist; he's not a great singer. And I most likely wouldn't even have talked about this song at all, except it sort of popped up on my radar that uh, last week Mick Jagger celebrated his 80th birthday or last month, or I think it was in the last week. It was in July, anyway. I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is the 80-year-old Mick probably still has the same perspective as the 25-year-old Mick. I hope for his sake that he comes to realize his misplaced sympathy. And wouldn't it be cool if he came up with a hypnotic groove for the one, the one who will defeat the devil once and for all? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, it's cool to daydream, I guess. All right, that does it for this rant on the Rolling Stones. And as always, remember, this uh, podcast is brought to you by TonyFunderberg.com, which happens to be my name, Tony Funderberg, not the .com part. And that's the source of all kinds of rhymes and reasons that always lead back to where I tell you that life has rhyme and reason because God made you. Here's a rhyme and reason.